Behind the Bite podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like the Full of Shit podcast, After the First Marriage podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite podcast. This podcast is about the real life struggles women face with food, body image, and weight. We're here to help heal, inspire, and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. Well, hello, everyone. So today's topic, we're going to talk about clothes. And for anyone out there listening who has never struggled with body image issues or an eating disorder, you may not think that clothes is such a big deal to discuss in a podcast. Uh, You know, for, for many, many people, they just wake up and head into their closets or drawers and pick out something to wear for the day. And you know what? Sure, there may be some thoughts about what you're going to wear, or people may be irritated or even upset if the item they picked out to wear no longer fits. But for someone who has an eating disorder or who struggles with body image issues, clothes and getting dressed can be extremely anxiety provoking and stressful. Just going into your closet or drawers when you are struggling with this, you know, just to pick out the clothes can be one of the most difficult parts of the day. You know, I cannot tell you how many people I work with, they they come into my office or they come to see me in tears after spending sometimes hours trying on so many things in their closet. They're just so exhausted emotionally and physically just from having gone through all of that. And sometimes it can cause real struggles to get out of the house or just to get to places on time because nothing they put on feels right. And they're really convinced that they just look awful or they tell themselves these awful things like I just look quote unquote fat or, you know, I I just can't get out of the house wearing this. Um, And this can be really hard if someone continues to have clothes in their wardrobe that don't fit them at that time. I like to tell people, please always have clothes in your closet or in your drawers that fit you right now. Don't hold on to clothes from the past or clothes you think might fit you later on. Because I like to think of it like Ed or the eating disorder is alive and well, shaming you in your closet when you hold on to clothes from a time when your body was maybe smaller. It's really like Ed is screaming awful, critical things at you, saying things like, you used to fit into me. Keep me in here because you'll be able to wear me again once you're quote unquote good. And so putting on anything other than those clothes, the older clothes, clothes that are, you know, if you put on larger clothes, it feels bad. And what happens is as you're wearing them, you have this incessant negative critical self-talk that's continually talking to you throughout the day. and what that does is makes people self-conscious, you know, about how they look and they feel really uncomfortable in what they're wearing. And I've often said that clothes are meant to fit our body. Yet when someone has an eating disorder, so often the mindset is that we are meant to fit into the clothes. And if someone doesn't fit into the clothes, they tell themselves something is wrong with them, that they failed. So the daily life of someone with an eating disorder can revolve around following and adhering to strict rituals, routines, and behaviors just to achieve their goal of fitting into a certain size of clothing. And, you know, that is really the struggle. People are really trying oftentimes to fit into a certain size. So if you think about that, when they're not in that size, it really wreaks havoc on their mindset and on their self-esteem. 
So this is really a very important topic to discuss. It may seem trivial, like I said, but it's really not. It can be really debilitating. And oftentimes in more ways than you may think. Um, I've seen people cancel vacations because the stress of trying to figure out what clothes to pack on their trip was, it was too much. Um, and I've often seen, you know, when seasons change and the weather gets hot, I have people coming in really needing help because the thought of wearing anything that shows skin is just too overwhelming. You know, I often help people go just to get out in public wearing a t-shirt showing their arms or wearing a tank top or swimsuit or shorts because they're just so physically uncomfortable um, wearing these things. But they really do need to wear clothing that's going to help them be physically comfortable in hot weather because if they don't, they're going to be really overheating and that's not physically comfortable on a whole different level. Um, so, you know, you may be wondering what, if anything, can be done to help people to struggle less with clothing. Well, we have two guests here today, Jenny and Brianna, and they are amazing people who know all too well the struggles of being in the throes of having an eating disorder and going through treatment and recovery. Through their own journeys, they met and they encountered their own struggles with clothes and body image. And it was from their own lived experience that they came up with Be The Reason, which is a free clothing exchange to help those in eating disorder recovery. All right. So Jenny and Brianna, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. So um, curious, uh, either of you like to start this uh Tell us a little bit about like your background and how you got here today. Um, sure. Um, I'm Jenny and I'll go ahead and start. Um, I battled with an eating disorder for longer than I have been aware. And I'm kind of unearthing how far back it goes. And I've been in treatment twice, about 10 years apart. My first experience with treatment was in 2012. Uh, but it wasn't until my treatment time in an IOP program during 2022, when I met Brianna, that we talked about how hard body image and getting comfortable in our bodies was. And it felt like we left treatment a little before we hit those markers. And how difficult it is to shop for clothing without support or understanding how radically off measurements and sizing are and how detrimental that can be to recovery. We also saw how much money we were spending on clothing ourselves, especially just over the years, not just that short time in treatment. And we chatted about it all and we envisioned a clothing exchange for people with eating disorders at any stage of their recovery where they can come and drop off old clothes and pick up new to them clothing. And um, Brianna, um, she mentioned meeting you in uh, treatment. So how about you? You want to share a little bit about yourself too? Yeah. Um, so I, previous to meeting Jenny uh, last year in treatment, um, I was in treatment the year before. Um, and yeah, similar to Jenny, I, up to that point, I hadn't really gotten to work with, like, or do much of that work, um, the body image work, 
and um, Jenny and I kind of discharged around the same time. And we, at that point, were starting to work more on body image. And we stayed connected. And after that, we're, we would talk about how hard it is to be where we were in recovery and have to like deal with the change in our body, um, but then also like deal with that financial piece and like all the, yeah, just not only the change that is happening in your body, but the um, emotional side to it and then like the financial piece. And we talked about how it would be so much easier if we could just trade clothes with people who are also in recovery. And um, and then that's when we started to talk about um, doing this ourselves and that having this space for people. Um, and yeah, I think with Jenny's experience and my experience, um, we tried to make it work. I am in school for social services and um, I really enjoy the field. And I think that Jenny and I, again, combined, um, have been able to really like make this work and um also because our of our own experience with an eating disorder well thank you both for sharing your your histories and past and um i'm actually curious so were you in um a place where when you discharged it was discussed like um that you were getting discharged or, or leaving because you were like like stable enough yeah, we were, for myself, I was medically stable um, and had life experience, life situations occurring that it was time to move on. Mm -hmm. um, so for myself, medically stable and having a treatment team in place outside to continue that work um, and to start in on that, the body image piece. Yeah, and for me as well, we uh, I was also um, in a place where I was able to use skills and was, I was applying all those things to my daily life. Um, and then we're actually, Jenny and I are actually coming up on almost a year of being discharged. So that feels great, at least for me, and I'm sure it does for Jenny too. Yeah. We need to celebrate that for sure. Yeah. Great. Congratulations. Um, I always appreciate people coming on and discussing, you know, their journeys. And um, it's really inspiring for me to have you on here because I I know firsthand the, the difficulties with clothing and the body image. And I know that, um, you know, just getting discharged, I know that some people get confused or maybe just don't understand that if you're discharged, it doesn't mean that you're recovered. Um, there's still a lot more work to be done to your point, Jenny, mm -hmm. of having to still have an outpatient team to work on 
the eating disorder still. There's a lot left to do. And body image is one of the things I, I, you know, people I maybe listening, maybe wonder like, oh, well, you know, if you're medically stable and you're eating food or, you know, you're not binging or you're not engaging in a lot of the eating disorder behaviors that got you into like a residential or a higher level of care, um, you know, aren't you recovered? Isn't the eating disorder like you don't have it anymore, but there is a lot more to having an eating disorder, like the body image issues, like struggling with clothes and, you know, going into your closet or to your drawers and having that anxiety of like, oh, what's going to fit today? Or, you know, that can be a whole thing. And I mean, can you guys talk, I mean, I can talk about my experience too, but I don't want to, I want to like hear you guys, like, what was that like for you when you got out and just trying to get dressed in the morning? Yeah, um, for me, I I want to say like part of it, part of what was coming up was like identity, and I know that Jenny and I have talked about it. Where it after discharging, it was really hard to know how to dress our bodies, and like not only that, but then also like what makes us feel good in our body, what like what's our style and like, you know, just in general, what feels good. And that was, I think, another added piece, which made it kind of difficult. And um, I honestly still feel like I'm kind of learning a little bit, but I feel a lot better um, with myself and like where I am. Um, but yeah, I'd say it was, it was kind of uh, difficult, but uh, a lot of trial and error and um, a lot of patience, I think, like, yeah. I feel the same way. I I remember the first time leaving treatment and trying to go shopping for the first time and literally dropping everything and just running out of the store and trying to soothe myself with skills, you know, singing silly songs or trying to just get myself recentered. And I did not have a good treatment team. I actually I had no treatment team um, really at that point. And this time coming out of it, um, having a little more knowledge under my belt and a little more experience and a little more drive, I feel that I was ready to tackle the body image this time. And that meant going to stores and communicate. I mean, there's times I've called Brianna or te- messaged Brianna and said, okay, I've got to go try. I got to find some jeans. I got to go to the store. This is really going to be, <sighs> but knowing that I had someone on the other end to help me stay grounded and remember, remind me that, Yes, there's a size, whatever number is on the pants, but the measurement is going to be completely different than another manufacturer with the same size number on the label. So that's something that I've been struggling with too, is, or not struggling with working on, I want to say, um, and feeling pretty successful in not looking at the number, the size on the garment and just trying it on and seeing how it feels. And I just bought a dress the other day for a concert and I am in love with it. And I 
sent Brianna a picture and I said, you know what, the best part, I don't even know what size it is. I don't even know what size it is. And it's hanging up right over there. And I still don't know what size it is. And I can't wait to put it on next week. So there's been progress in having that partnership. And that's what we hope to provide when we also are doing the clothing exchange is peer support. And we've been working with eating disorder professionals in the area, encouraging them to let us into their locations to bring clothing, to have them work with their clients at whatever level they're at and have a dietitian or someone like that present also so that it is not just peer support, but actual professional support that can be leaned on. I love that idea. You know, one thing I found over the years, so very helpful, and it's a real big turning point for people I work with is saying, get rid of all of the clothes that you have that don't fit, because that's like eating, you're eating disorder, living in your closet and only having clothes that fit you, that you feel good in, that are comfortable at the time. And there's always this like hesitancy, like, that's my favorite this, or one day I might fit into that again, or that was so expensive or, or whatever. But I, it, it is so freeing, you know, when people do it, they're like, Oh, this is so nice. There's not that anxiety or stress of like, is this going to fit today? Is this not? And I love the, the concept and what you guys are doing because it allows people that they don't have that anxiety of the finances of they can exchange at any given point in time closed and have a wardrobe where they're going to have clothes that fit and not worry about, oh gosh, what if my body changes it like shifts while I'm in recovery of now what am I going to do? I can't afford to keep buying new clothes or switching, you know, my wardrobes. And this is such a great idea. I love this. (laughs) Great. Fantastic. Thank you. And like, and I think Brianna touched a little bit on identity also. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're really wanting to work with the LGBTQ community and touch up with the youth also and open up the conversations around body image and what that means for those that might not be comfortable in their bodies for identity reasons. So, you know, you would, I just want to kind of go back for a second too. You had mentioned this dress, you don't know the size. Um, And I know we had talked briefly before and I kind of asked, um, are you keeping the sizes on the clothes? Are you getting rid of the labels and just helping people pick clothes that fit them? Like, how are you doing that with the clothes? At the moment, we're keeping the labels on them to see what type of response we get, but also to also try and live in the reality that when you go to a store, the tags are going to be there. Mm-hmm. And to try and encourage and remember that that number doesn't mean anything. It's what fits and what's comfortable. Mm-hmm. So trying to get away from, you know, the actual little number on that tag. Right. I know. Isn't it so interesting how you can, even even the same brand, right? You can wear something, jeans, shorts, whatever, a top. And the same brand can even fit you differently in different numbers, sizes, whatever. It's just, I just find that odd. 
shocking. It's disturbing actually, because, well, let me ask you guys, when you were in like a different place in your eating disorder, how much did that number affect you? Oh, a lot, a lot. That's what sent me screaming from the store that first time by myself. Brianna, how was that for you? Yeah, um, I mean, similar to Jenny, it, that number, I don't know, felt like the most important thing. It almost feels like sometimes the number defines you and your worth to, you know, my family, my society, um, my peers. Uh, I remember during COVID, I was working in Skid Row and was commuting from Orange County to downtown LA and let myself go with my eating disorder. And I remember showing up to work and the, as the eating disorder took hold and it became more evident in my body, I was being told I looked better. So it was this reinforcement that that number on that clothing made a difference to how I was perceived as a person and what my worth was to them visually. And it's taken me 10 years to get to the point where that stress, I don't know what size it is. And I acknowledge that um, it's not easy. And that's, I want to be there for people in that moment and not have them go running and screaming, but also allowing them to if they need to honoring people where they're at so if you, I'm curious Jenny like if you could go back to that person you were that was running and screaming from the store like what do you think she would have needed or maybe words or anything to have not left the store like what do you think was missing at that point for you knowing that I'm worth so much more than that number on the clothing or I am so much more than my looks or my appearance. And I value how I look more than how someone else wants me to look. I feel I've spent quite a bit of time trying to mold to either media or what my partners prefer in body types. And it was just a vicious cycle for me. But it did take a little while to, you know, 10 years to get to where that dress doesn't matter. And to your point, too, it's so hard when you do get this, I guess, outside feedback like you were getting from your coworkers, right? Um, combating that constantly on a day-to-day basis, whether it's actual real people's comments in your life or social media, giving the toxic diet messages, you know, we're bombarded with, um, you know, for anyone listening who's going, but it does matter. Like it is true. You do get the comments, you see it everywhere. Um, You know, the toxic diet culture messages of, you know, you have more value, more worth, you're more desirable, more attractive. If you're in this smaller body, like that's the message out there. Not true, but how do you, what would you say to people who are like buying into it and saying like, I don't know how to overcome that. I don't know how to unbelieve that. I think. I think social media and the media in general has really done a number. I was a fashion merchandising major when I left high school. So I knew every designer. I knew every model. 
I could literally just look and know who was with what designer and that molded a lot of what I believe to be good or what I should look like. And I've had more more experience, I think, just in life in general, accepting my body and trying to actually love myself. And I kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, so, Brianna, what do you think? What have you got? <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like that's just a tough question because I feel like there's a lot of different factors to it. A lot of um, things that you, um, I don't know. I think things kind of have to just happen. Um, you have to experience things. Um, because for me, I feel like I'm finally at the point where I'm like, yeah, that number doesn't matter. And like these, similar to Jenny's experience, people would comment on my body and say like different things and that kind of fuels the eating disorder more and I'm only now I feel pretty comfortable in saying that like I don't believe any of that because I'm the happiest I've been and like I'm able to do all these things in this body um and I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's difficult. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know. And where one, where today that number on that dress doesn't bother me, there might be another day I'm shopping and it does. And I have to reach out for support again. It's, it's, it gets easier and it's hard at the same time, if that makes any sense. Um, it, it's not a linear path by any means and it goes up and down and that's okay. And I think that's what I'm trying to remind myself and that I hope to offer to others is it's up and down and that's okay. You know, I think I've heard like a lot of people say that you have to constantly choose recovery every day. And like, I think that's so true because it's things being in recovery, like things aren't always going to be perfect. It's not linear. There's going to be days where things are more difficult. Um, and yeah, I think that from my experience, really kind of just doing the opposite has really helped and like using your skills and finding skills that work for you because again skills might not work the same skills might not work for everybody um but finding that and then also having uh an outpatient team and then like a support system and people you could relate to or you know just doing things that might help you like support groups or whatever um is really helpful um like for me one of the biggest things that has helped me is yeah not only Jenny's support but then also writing 
Um, and that's something that really grounds me and, and helps. Now, I really appreciate like both of you sharing that um, because I think people um, wonder sometimes like, oh, am I, you know, failing, you, you know, recovery or not doing it right. If like one day I'm having this, you know, great day or I feel like I've made strides. And then like to your point, Jenny, like, you know, you get triggered and things feel like you're slipping back, but it's not this linear process. And, um, you know, there is a difference between being in recovery and recovered, right? Um, and I just want to give out, you know, the hope, you know, breaking the myth that you can't ever reach full recovery because you can, but you guys are, I mean, Brianna is so inspiring when, you know, you even said like, I feel so much better in my body. I appreciate what it allows me to do, right? Um, it's not just about what you look like. It's your body is amazing, right? It's it's true. It's like your body lets you like experience the world and go do things. And I think we lose sight of that when it's just about these numbers, whether it's on the scale or on your pants and you know, when you're sitting there just trying to control it and you're hating it and wishing it was different, um, you, you lose so much sight of all the great, wonderful things that it, it allows you to do. And when you're sitting in the misery of it, you know, with your eating disorder, so distracted from, from all that. So my, you know, my hope is that if the focus of the clothing itself is, you know, not so much of a focus with, you know, with what you're doing, allowing people to not have to, you know, stress out much about it, that will help immensely. And that's what we hope to do too, is have a regular reoccurring event where people know that they can come. And if, even if they don't find clothes, they find community mm -hmm. and another friend who understands and not feeling alone in all of this. And we're really hoping to raise more awareness towards the plus size community and providing clothing and a space that is comfortable for them. I'm becoming more aware as I shop how uninclusive and uninviting many stores are for the other spectrum of my eating disorder. And I never really took that to heart or really understood it. I was so wrapped up on my side of it and I would, we're really hoping to make an inviting space for all inclusive, um, no size, no religion. We do not, you know, everybody, anybody can have an eating disorder and we just want to provide a very welcoming space for everyone. So I'm trying to even imagine it right now. So how has it been now? Like, where do you typically get the clothes and when you do have an event or where you you know when people do come like what does it look like do you have like a a warehouse like how is the setup and you have places where people can try on the clothes like how does that all work yeah um so we've done a couple of um uh days where we've had like donations dropped off um and then our first event was at a park um but we had a tent where it was fully covered and it was um where people got were able to go in there and try and close um and then we had it just 
kind of separated by different um like articles of clothing um but in the future like we do plan on uh partnering with other like treatment centers and doing that we've actually partnered with the Burbank YMCA previously and so we had um access to their space and um yeah we're looking to grow from there we've been um working with some of the practitioners in the area and trying to negotiate a good day um where we can do an event in orange county and one in la and try to make them the same exact days of the month so people can rely on where and when to go uh, we do hope to have little closets at some of the residential facilities around um, to allow exposure days in treatment, maybe to somewhat encourage that use of body image a little bit before you're moved on to the next round of recovery. Um, and just trying to provide also information about eating disorders. We hope to make it like a wellness event each time. With the Burbank YMCA, we had a eating disorder therapist. We had a trans activist speaker speaking about how they care for themselves, um, self-care. And we did a um, an exercise for finding ways to cope with situations and find some skills that will help you throughout the day or throughout your life. And we even had yoga. So we kind of want to incorporate those things as well with every event um, and bring the clothing with us and just kind of have a great day together. Uh, we've, we are attended a clothing exchange in downtown LA on Friday, just to kind of experience what other clothing exchanges are like and trying to partner up with other exchanges as well, just to bring more attention and more clothing to the community and we'll hopefully keep going and maybe add on more days as we go and we do hope to open chapters across the country as well and just encourage people everywhere that this is easy to do um i went on my local facebook buy nothing group and put up i need clothes and I have a Ford van that is literally from floor to ceiling full of clothing that we are just waiting to put into loving hands. No, that's, I mean, it's phenomenal. I know you're only in the Southern California area, but, you know, big aspirations. And it sounds like that would be fantastic because obviously there's people everywhere that would need this. So that's great. Um, so far, how's the response been when you? Had the events? It's been a good turnout. Um, I think that we're still trying to get traction. And it's one of those things where the first time it's like, oh, I'll go to that. Mm, no, I don't want to. And then we'll do it again. And maybe then the feeling will be, ooh, they're really doing it. And then probably by the third time, I think we'll have a good turnout and making it to where we're in one place every time should help make it easier for folks to come to and knowing that we're going to be the same people there every time 
there'll be a welcoming face each time. So are you guys taking donations? Are you taking, um, like, how are you guys hoping to grow? Like, are you a nonprofit at this point? Like, if people are listening, kind of going, oh, I want to help support them, or I want to even go to one of your events, maybe they're in, like, Orange County or L.A., um, I what can people do to reach out to you, find you, like help support this? Yeah, we're on Instagram. And should I give you our handle now? Or it's underscore B E underscore the underscore reason underscore. Um, we came up with the name Be the Reason um, to be the reason in our own recovery. No one else just ours, um, your own recovery. It's how we want it to be and it looks like how we want it to look. Um, and we are not a nonprofit yet. We are working towards that. We do have a GoFundMe up for that. We also have a Amazon wish list for items that we would love to have for our events to um, make the shopping experience fun for people so it seems like you're kind of walking into a little store instead of piles of clothes everywhere um which is still great too because I still love a good clothing pile to dig through so um we do have that as well and um that information is on our Instagram as well and then we'll have that in the show notes so people didn't need to rewind and get that so get that exactly thank you Cool. Um, is there anything else you guys feel is important to know or anything else you guys want to share either about yourselves, your recovery, anything? Um, I, like I said, I really appreciate you guys being on here and willing to share all of, of this information and things about yourselves. So, I'd, I just want to thank you for taking the time to meet with us and let us talk about what we're doing. And we're really excited to do this and meet the community and really support our fellow eating disorder recovery friends yeah definitely well keep in touch with me I want to know how this uh continues and how you grow I'm very interested because you guys are just starting out and I have a feeling it's going to keep growing and be phenomenal so thank you guys for doing all the work you're doing um just amazing I think in people who have eating disorders you know th- there needs to be support there needs to be um all the help you can get when you get out of treatment um, or at least the higher levels of care and the easier um, it can be for people in all aspects, I think the better. So it'll make recovery that much easier and better for everyone. So thank you so much, both of you. Thank you. And we do encourage people to reach out individually also if they're in the area and they um, are looking for something specific, we can do our best to look through things also and kind of make it a more individualized experience as well that's awesome all right well thank you guys again so much really appreciate it thank you this podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered it is given with the understanding that neither the host The publisher or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.